happy anniversary. Happy anniversary to you as well. My goodness, you tolerated two full years of marriage. Two two full years of marriage to the day yesterday, the sixteenth, yep. and then. But we've been together for six and a half years. I know it. Isn't that great? Yeah. It no. Be, right. It'll be seven years in March. No way. Five and a half years. Eighteenth. It was the eight. Two thousand eighteen. Right. Okay. Got it. Getting ahead of myself. Yeah. Well, yeah. but still, like we've been together for a while. True. Very true. Um. Yeah, so I just figured we could have fun with it and do a little anniversary edition. Yeah, um, maybe, I love it. Maybe we could talk about what we d- what we had to go through, why it took so long to ultimately get married, and then just some of the things that we've learned over the last two years. Yeah. Um, I thought that we, by the way, I mean, you, you are in a different situation having been in a prior marriage. I was about to say, I am certainly <laughs> no marriage expert. I've been married for two whole years. That, but you have parents that have been together since they were 12 years old. They just celebrated their 47th oh, anniversary. Oh, they're I got that wrong. But we did celebrate with them. So. Yes. Uh, yeah, they've been together since they've been 12 years old. So despite you only having been married once for two years now, I think you've had some incredible demonstration that you could speak to or have something to say that's valuable. Absolutely. The the, the best demonstration. Yeah. So again, we all, we've talked about, we usually talk about something business. So um, on the the cusp the, of our anniversary, I figured let's uh let's get into a little relationship, a little relationship uh, episode, and just talk about what we know and what we don't know. Okay, that sounds good. Okay, so wedding two years ago in two years ago today we we would be there right now. Um, we were in Nashville, yep. which happens to be our favorite city. Next, Second favorite city. Next to Baltimore. Yeah, it's important that you say that. You say favorite city a lot. Baltimore is our favorite city, period. Mm, they're competing for me. Uh-huh. I don't know. No, it's, Maybe I'll give you one in 1A, but Baltimore is the, the coolest city. They're competing for me. Okay. Um, and Where would one park their boat if they were visiting Nashville? For example, where would they park their boat? Where would one... Or let's say dock. Where like would one go see live music 24 hours in Baltimore? Uh, hmm. A little more difficult. I'll still take the boat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're not, we're not going to debate this. Both great cities. True. Okay. So we were, like many other people, trying to get married in the height of COVID. So... We were going to have a big blowout wedding in Baltimore, inviting as many people as we could. And how many times did we end up trying Three. to do that? Three different times. Yep. Same same venue. Yeah. I mean, it just got pushed back. So we tried to get married for two whole years. Well, the venue was horrible. I mean, there was just, there was nothing to do. I mean, the yeah. venue, the venue stopped replying. Yeah. And nobody knew our asshole mayor um, wouldn't do anything with consistency. If you recall, we had rules in Baltimore City. And this is something, and we just go, I'm going all over the place today. I can, it's my anniversary. Anniversary. Um, one of the most frustrating things or when I'll talk to people around the country, we'll say Baltimore City. And finally, someone will say, why do you keep saying Baltimore City? Because they're from Dallas or another. So yes. we don't say Dallas City. And we have to remind them that because someone, whoever created this dumbass construct, decided that there would be a city and a county. Fast forward into the middle of a pandemic, and despite being sharing a border, the rules were completely different on this side of the line versus that side of the line. So one of the hardest things was in trying to get married in a city run by a knucklehead. Mm-hmm. We could never do anything with consistency. As soon as we thought we were up, we were down. As soon as we were down, we were up. And nobody knew, especially venues what to do. And one of the biggest challenges was food. You know, they weren't about to load up on a bunch of food just to have our mayor shut the place back down again and throw it all away or someone be on the hook for it. So I, I recall in the moment that was one of the really big challenges. And we thought, you know what, let's go where they don't have pandemics. And you'd think Mars and no, it's actually just South. Which, and actually such a shame because we wanted to spend a lot of money in our city, and it was going to be outside. Yep. So we could have done it. We would have had hundreds of people. Yes. And that would have, because we've got a crazy crew, that would have eventually gone out into Baltimore City after being at the venue and spent a shit ton of money. Yep. So anyway, um, we have talked about having a, a party at some point in Baltimore to make up for that. Right. 
But so we ended up going to Nashville and the unfortunate part, there's an unfortunate and very uh, and great part about it Two two sides. The unfortunate part was we couldn't bring all of our friends um, because picking up and going to another city and, and we wanted to cover, you know, the other than, you know, we, we wanted to take care of everybody. So that just wasn't feasible to bring hundreds of people to Nashville. We just couldn't do it. But instead, we got to do 30 to 40 of um, closest uh, friends. Are our, our very, I mean, our very, very few closest. closest friends and two friends, actually. <laughs> yeah. And family. <laughs> right. You had a friend. I had a friend. Yeah. Which is about all I have. And you, <laughs> no. you were there. So I had my two friends no. and Tommy and Tommy, and Tommy our, and, our producer, Tommy. And who then, was our of producer course, there. Toby, who married us and Nicole, our mutual friend who introduced us. Yes. So Toby, uh, who introduced us, he, um, mutual friend yet like Mick said and he was which was amazing that he got to marry us but all in all 30 to 40 of our the closest people in our life and we spent three nights in Mm -hmm. Nashville Um, we stayed at the Virgin Hotel which I still think the coolest thing about it is the theme was red and black there and as anybody that knows you and I every everything's (laughs) red and black our logos (laughs) so that and then my wedding dress was red so the pictures there my wedding dress was black your wedding dress was black True. The pictures that Tommy took were amazing. With black the red and white, and, sort of. The the only down was so windy that I was yeah. shaking my ass off because yeah. yeah, it was outside. It was. But then we had that amazing acoustical or uh, the, the band play that was fantastic. Yep. Then we went to the the twelve thirty club and we had our wedding dinner there. Now this twelve thirty club, if you know Nashville, it's it's a supper club, but it's one of the only spots in Nashville you can go to where you can actually sit down, have a very great, like a great meal, and then hear live music. You're not packed in, and it's beautiful architecture inside. So today is going to be about, I'm just saying, you know, back to the love and business, we're going to share some of our business experiences in a city called Nashville, which is pretty cool because there's a lot of great best demonstrated performance there. So I was just thinking about, huh, we're talking about a lot of the businesses that we interacted with and they run great shops and we have yeah. all the respect for that. So sort of. Yeah. And uh, so Justin Timberlake and um, is one of the investors in that and sub guy. John, Jimmy Johns. Jimmy Johns. Jimmy Johns. And, and then a and, great restauranteur and, and a from restaurant Arizona named Sam Fox. But the, the greatest part of this whole story is um, and we've since become members at the club because we go enough where it makes sense if you want to bring customers or whatever. But when we were deciding where we were going to have our wedding dinner, the twelve thirty club was not even built yet. It was we were looking at renderings. There was no menu, but we were looking at the people that were involved at, when the business. We saw the renderings. They promised us we'd get it done. So we had the first event ever there without knowing at all what it was going to look like. What. Anything, anything about it. And it ended up being maybe the best night of my life. Yep. So to what do you mean maybe? Jesus. W- we've had some great times. But yeah, I mean, but I would let's say. Throw our, let's throw our wedding right up there towards the top or the top even. That night might have been the best <laughs> night of my life, like, right. truly. But I, I mean, I've had some great times. Okay. So, um, and the very cool thing, so the, it, there's an outdoor space and it opens up. And this was amazing. And the band, the live band plays, who was, uh, it's who's their cover band, and it's it, it's great. Um, so we were, had basically, because we got the outdoor space, remember? Mm-hmm. And so we were front and center to this live band, and it was. We were back. Yeah, like we were, we were behind, behind the band, the band <laughs> we watching We were not front them. and center. We were right in their asses yeah. watching around. But then the we <laughs> somehow made our way in front and started dancing. It, 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 it was truly the best night. Ever, yep. ever, ever. Thank you. It was yes. It was, I wanted to wave Tommy to get way in here if I needed. Oh, no, Tommy over here howling, laughing. He's like, "What's wrong with you?" No, it was. Great, Tommy. It was. I was. My point was, I have so many great nights with you. But yes. Okay, I'll keep that. Yeah, but good it, cover. It was fantastic. So, um, and then the following day. We, uh, would, oh, the night before we were at Kane Prime and we had our rehearsal dinner. We didn't call it that. We called it our just pre-wedding dinner and we rented the back bar out and just had like great apps, our favorite bartenders. Cause mind you, we go there so much mm-hmm. that we have a relationship. It's like our second home. So like we already know all the people there. So that was, uh, awesome. And then the sun, that Sunday we rented out the Southern 
which is a southern oyster bar, and the Ravens were playing. So yep. we rented out a room, and they played the Ravens game, and we just kept the party going. And it was— It was a Baltimore Sunday in Nashville. Yeah, yeah. Which was great. I think, and amongst all, all the things—I mean, of all the things there— I have a lot of I have a lot of cousins, um, and, and most not all of them, but most of them were able to be there, and aunts, uncles, you know, your mom, the girls, and I really felt like with that small intimate group, I got to spend a lot of time with everybody, mm-hmm. and like I, the best part of that for me, other than marrying you and being with you, of course, was the intimate conversations that we were able to have with everybody. Like, for example, on, I guess it was Saturday night, or no, Sunday night, I think, just, you know, you, my cousin Nick and Stacy, just sitting at 1230 Club having wine after, wait, too late. Yeah. <laughs> and But just had, like, those memories of just, like, those special conversations, and we got to spend so much time with each individual person, so. Yeah. it was the difference between, you know, three times we tried to have... 200 or 300 people for four hours and instead we had 30 people for four days which was which was great i mean uh, we got it exactly right and and um and you're right the, the beauty of it was nothing was rushed nothing was fly by nothing. everything was the ex- exact opposite everything was deep but scheduled enough that we kept everybody together you know there was there was a cadence not so much it was oh god i'm on the clock again no, but yeah. there was enough of a cadence that people were busy and involved and together but there were opportunities to spring off be off and and do whatever you wanted and what a great town for that where some people wanted to go out and and hit tootsies at 10 o'clock in the morning and watch one of three bands that are playing mm-hmm. at 10 o'clock in the morning um so yeah what a what a great venue and what a what a cool city yeah and i would suggest if anybody is thinking of playing planning a wedding like that's a great way to do it now I will say I mean we were in a privileged position to do it how we did and that's a little bit of virtue of us just being older and having you know uh being able to do that and just waiting to to get married but um it it was wonderful and such a special memory so I'm glad we got to relive that with our with our audience with our adoring fans most of which were there You know, <laughs> so uh, those thirty people and our other seventy listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into hey, that. Not so not true. I know. So two years of marriage. Again, absolutely no marriage expert on my part. What what have you learned or um, experienced in the two years we've we've been married? And I. I I just asked you the question and I'm going to answer real go quick. Ahead, yeah, go ahead. No, right. I, this, this is just one thing because we always talk about it and just laugh about it. Immediately after we got married, the question was, oh, how's married life? Naturally, that's what people ask you. And our honest answer always was, it's the same as the day it was before. Right. You know, the True. day before was exactly the same as it was the day after. And I think that's really so, says actually so much there's not one day that has felt different since we've gotten married. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that, but I've also heard other people say it really changes things, which to me is so foreign because what what is Why? it? Why, right. Right. Like, what to, is it? It would be to suggest. Is it the pressure? Is it the... I don't know. I mean, it would, it would be, to, uh, the way I hear that is it would be to suggest that some, some type of a switch flipped or, or something or, you know, that event called the ceremony that is marriage had different expectations on the other side or there was something that changed the relationship because that ceremony took place. And look, I, I mean, I get it. You know, a marriage is a contractual event. I mean, that's, that's part of what you're doing in that moment is the contractual piece, but I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I'm not, I would stop and ask a question or, or also too, it would be interesting to know if that person is, they're not, I bet you if you asked them the day after, they wouldn't say that. But in retrospect, if they look back, would it be, huh? Yeah. You know what? It seems like things changed at that particular moment in, in our relationship, which I agree sounds, sounds really, really foreign. And, and, uh, or I think the other question would be is having to do with age, you know, how old were you? I, in that I moment? was going to go into And that I would say, well. Did it change or did you change, yeah. right? I mean, if I had to speak for me and, and uh, you know, having 
been married prior, I absolutely positively changed. And I, but still though, I'm still very aware enough to not look back at that moment and say, Oh, it all changed right there. I would say that over time, certainly I changed and, and, um, and, and some of that alignment became really difficult. So I would imagine there's a component of that that would be related to you to, and also not just age, right. But the maturity component of how old you are, where, you know, with where we are and were in our lives a whopping two years ago, there's no difference, right? I mean, we were absolutely the same people the day before and even in the days, weeks, months, years going in and certainly are the same people. And I would just say, you know, I, you were going to ask me a question about something lessons learned or, or whatever. And we touched on this in one of our other podcasts, but it's the one that is, that is most um, still to this day poignant for me is how you never, ever, ever, and I got in trouble for this. I forgot to tell you in that, uh, in that episode, we were talking, I was talking about how you never hold a grudge. And I went on to say, I could tell when my parents were having yeah. a fight because there would be 50 gallons of milk. I don't know if you remember this comment, Tommy, but there'd be 50 gallons of milk. So I was talking to my mother the other day. Explain that for people who haven't listened. Oh yeah. So my, uh, when my, when my mother and father would have a tiff of some kind, my mother's reaction, her natural reaction was to get out, was to relieve herself from the situation. You know, it's like the Southwest thing, wanting get away. That was my mom's go-to. So she would hop in the car and go for a drive or whatever. What she would usually do would be to go to the 7-Eleven and she'd pick up a half At a gallon. At least be productive. Yeah, she'd get a half a gallon of milk, regardless of how much milk was in the fridge. So my comment in our last, uh, in, that, in that episode was, well, I could tell when they were having a freak because there'd be 50 gallons of milk in the refrigerator. Well, my mother teed my ass up last week completely out of the blue. I said something. She's like, well, that's probably because there were 50 gallons of milk in the fridge. And I was like, oh God, it was like, there you it go, was, Diana. It was, like, it was like nails across the chalkboard. I was like, oh, shit, you listen to this stuff. I forgot about that. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's just the truth. It's just It is, it is but, but my point in that thing was just that, you know, I, I, I did, there was some of that demonstration when I was growing up, and uh, but my father was exactly the opposite. I think I even said that episode, you know, he, he'd literally go upside your head and 15 minutes later, you'd be playing catch or you'd be heading out to, you know, play nine holes or something. But that was the thing that early on in our relationship was new to me. Um, just this idea that, you know, we, we disagree about whatever it was. I was probably doing something stupid usually. And, but it, that was it. It was truly over. And it was like, you know, we were playing catch <laughs> five yeah, minutes yeah, yeah. later, just like what I had grown up with my, my father. So well, that's, I mean, we've that's never... the thing that makes it so that's, that's one of the things in our relationship that makes it as easy as it is. Yeah. And, we of course we've had you know little little debates or disagreements or t or tension even for a few hours Hell like yeah. but we've never ever had a real like fight no you know never or anything that has any endurance to it i mean well, we never yelled go to bed mad you know none of that no. yeah yeah yelling we've is never ever yelled i got i think i got all my yelling out as a younger dumb um boy slash man. I remember, you know, my mid twenties and when I was taking over the business under a lot of duress, um, I, I could get loud. Really? I, I could. Yeah. This would be foreign to you, but I, I could get loud and I would equate volume with urgency, which is what I'll say, right? You know, well, it's not, it's not urgent unless you're screaming about it. And I would do that. And I think better go into some psycho too while we're at it. That, that would, that would actually scare me because yeah. I wouldn't, it, I've never seen it. It would be really far in, in our relationship. And I, and I I've seen you get after it in business a little bit. Uh, not often, but yeah. probably, I probably have a time or two, but yeah, but I, that was something that, uh, that, that I, I, I probably was not very good at keeping my cool, if you will. Now it's the exact opposite. I mean, the, the, someone, you know, my directs would say it's when he's quiet that you're really screwed. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that's the quieter he gets, the worse it actually is. It's when he stops talking that you're in trouble. But, but, um, well, you even mentioned, I mean, just self-admittedly with the girls at times when long, long ago when they were little, you might have been a little bit, um, I don't know, not, not yelling, but what's the, what's the right word? Oh um, yeah, yeah. I would say, you know, just say less say, patient yeah, or, or say something through gritted teeth when yeah. I was, you know, when they were tweaking my nerves, whether they just wouldn't stop something on a, on a, on a hard day or, or day when I had my fuse was a little shorter than it might've been other days. But sure. it's taken, since I've gotten to know you, they some in the very beginning of our relationship. Sometimes it was almost like they were expecting that reaction. Right. So now it's not like that at all. But I've literally seen them evolve and change their expectations of how they think you're going to react mm -hmm. 
because that's changed. Yes. Like I remember in the beginning, I didn't understand like why would they ever think you would react like that? Right. Like what are they? T- I, they you've never reacted like that, and you were like, oh yes, I did at one point, yep. and that's still stuck in their head even if it was years ago. Yeah. So well, there was a lot, you know, any number of stressors early on when they, they were when they were little kids. I mm-hmm. mean, the business wasn't running very well; it was running like shit in any number of spots. And I've referred to the idea of having to outrun it versus outthink it, which outrun it means work harder, work longer, um, do it on less sleep. And, and sure that, you know, that can contributes to a smaller fuse and, 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 and good or bad, you know, you can, you can blow up at your family members a bit, right? Where are they going? Right. Fight like family is definitely, is definitely a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, they're the ones that are always right there in front of you. Yep. Yep. And where they, so, you know, where are they going? But that's what you ingrain, you know, and, and in retrospect, I realized that. And, and, uh, that's what you ingrain where, you know, dad, dad equals ogre. I mean, I had earned some of that along the way and, and, uh, and it takes a while to undo that. You yeah. know, it's not just where the third time you're chill. They're like, Hey, I guess dad's chill anymore. No, it's years and mm-hmm. years and years or X number of repetitions of demonstration. And the hard part is, as they get older, you spend less time with them. You know, they have their own lives. They have their own friends. So however many times it's going to take you demonstrating that you've chilled out and you're, you know, you're a little different than younger dad. And that was a big part of it too. I was younger and immature dad Mm -hmm. at the same time, which was also contributing a lot to those types of reactions. Going back to the comment about it being the same our our relationship being exactly the same the day before as it was the day after our marriage and and you talked about it it being a um we were just more mature and that that is one thing about getting married a little bit later I would say later in life I mean we had already lived together for three years we had already all of our finances were joint I mean we did that almost immediately which again is really easy to do when we're both contributing to the finances almost 50 percent sure so it's like it's a we were in a very unusual position because I don't know that it's probably in most relationships everybody's not, you know, it's not a 50-50 finance. Like, we don't even think about it. So we didn't have to talk about the money piece. We'd already lived together. We already really knew ourselves. Mm -hmm. So all of that, if you're a younger couple and maybe haven't lived together or you just started, you don't have joint finances, all this stuff, and then all of a sudden you get married and you feel that pressure to have all that, then I can see how that's going to feel very high pressure. Now, what I can tell you is, when my parents got married, um, they were they were much. I think they were twenty seven. Um, but what they tell me is they they grew to get so because they're similar now. They're still they're still different, but they they have a lot of similar. Um, they enjoy the same things, and I. I, I have asked them before, like, is that what initially attracted to you, that you guys were, like, the same things, the same people? And they said, not at all. We were actually pretty different, but we've grown together to do and like the same things. Mm-hmm. Where when you're younger, I think it can go one of two ways. Oh, yeah. You end up growing together, and then you build, like, shared interests and a shared life, and you end up probably thinking a little bit the same, and it just, or you end up going in different directions, which was a little bit of what happened to your, in your old relationship. Absolutely, like, sure. The, the, the respect and the friendship was still there mm-hmm. and still is there, Absolutely. which is amazing. Very much so. Um, but you, the love, the, the deep love that when you want, when you're married to somebody, that was no longer there. And I'm speaking for you, but maybe like some of the shared interest or whatever that was, you went in opposite directions. And that was probably because you were young and you change a lot. Oh, yeah. So I think that timing piece really can make a huge difference. And also I wouldn't and I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't exactly um, I wouldn't 100 percent of the time correlate age and maturity. I was also very immature, too. I mean, and I've talked about this any number of times, just, you know, not having older siblings or some demonstrations inside the household that would have helped me get there faster. Like I watch our youngest, Olivia, who's trailing behind what is now a 21 and a 19 year old. I mean, that kid is fit. Like she knows she has skills at 15 that I probably, and, and then throw in a supercomputer called a phone. She has skills at 15 that I probably was early 20s, oh, yeah, she, probably even mid 20s, getting to understand she, she's, certain, she's something. Yeah, yeah. Cer- certain relationships or, or 
how certain dots get connected. And it's, I was much, much uh, later in that record. So certainly for me, the maturity on top of um, youth. So if you're young and immature, holy hell, look out. Yes. Um, and another thing that we've talked about a lot that can make, really make or break relationships a lot of times is when big events and often traumatic events happen. And I've seen this, we've talked about this, but I've also seen this with my family. So for instance, if there's a death in the family and that person that you're with is there for you while you're going through, and death is one example. It doesn't have to necessarily be death. It could be anything that's super traumatic Traumatic, in your life. And you lean on that person to get through those times. Then all of a sudden you have, you feel this deep loyalty and discerning between loyalty and love, especially when you're young, can be hard and oh, you yeah. can mistake one for the other. Yep. It can also it can also drive people apart to having to deal with that grief and that trauma. And but I see that a lot as either something that brings people closer together and it, and it sticks or initially brings people together and then you realize, well, it's loyalty here. It's not love yep. or drives people apart. Yep. Yeah, loyalty and is that's loyal. something we've talked about. Yeah, sure. I mean, um, there are there are any number of relationships that are still that are still there or get formed out of loyalty. You know, I know my father passed away when I was 24 years old and, you know, there were a lot of people that were around in that moment and were supporting my mother. I mean, my mother was a very, very young widow as my father was 50 years older. How old was your mom? She was, um, 40, 45. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 45, 45 year old widow. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. So a little bit younger than me, a little bit older than you, yeah. widow. Um, so that was certain. There was lots of people around that, uh, you know, that were supportive in that moment. And and you do create, you know, there is a sense of loyalty that you start to build as, as part of that. Um, so, yeah, that's that's definitely that's definitely a thing that I've noticed. And then the other piece, too, I mean, and, and, and the other one that's really can be, God, we are definitely have our... Uh, Dr. Ruth thing going on here today with our uh, our relationships. What Dr. Ruth? Oh yeah, it's a little little before your time, but there used to be uh, there used to be a talk show with Dr. Ruth Westheimer, and she <laughs> used to talk about relationships with people long before they were podcasts and actually in studio, like Dr. Drew. Well, the, remember, you know Dr. Drew. Yes, I know the Dr. Precursor Drew. to Dr. But Drew. But Dr. Phil wouldn't that technically be in like Dr. Phil's lane, not Dr. Drew? Uh, she was, uh, she was, she was one of the leaders. We'll, 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 Tommy, your job is to Google, uh, Dr. Ruth and see what she was laying down <laughs> way back when. Um, I'm no Dr. Ruth people. No, no, no you don't, know, no. don't oh, follow this wait till, we, wait till you watch these clips. They're <laughs> going to be great. But the things that I, you know, one of the things I talked about the girls is the difference too. You talk about difference between love and loyalty. The other one is possession too for females, right? I mean, their possession can have a look that is very much like love. And that's something that I'm, you know, counseling and we're talking to the girls a lot where, you know, it looks like, you know, Johnny loves you or whatever that is. Well, try to get away, <laughs> see how Johnny reacts. And that'll tell you if you got love or if you have possession, but uh, yeah, it's a lot of stuff for our listeners today. I, I was hyper aware of that actually. And I would do things in spite of, so, um, I, I don't know if any it, in my previous relationships, if anyone had like an expectation that I was going to do something, like, I would definitely not do it. Right. And <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I, I would do the opposite. Yeah. And it, like to the point where I'm like, oh, they expect me to do that. I'm definitely not doing that. So and it was the I, I think it was part of and, and this and I took it to the extreme. Like I overcompensated really they're just trying to have a relationship and right. I don't even think that possession <laughs> thing was there. They wouldn't but, have dinner and you went dark for four uh, days. Yeah. I'm like, what <laughs> do you think we're going to have dinner? <laughs> no. You and your dinners. I mean, it, it was bad. Mushy bastard. It, it was really bad. <laughs> oh my God. And, and That's so funny. you know, for so, for so long, I was just, I've talked about this, but so independent and so okay with not being in a relationship. And then add on on top of it, I'm like, you're not going to take my independence away. You're not going to own me. I'm going to like, I'm, I'm going to run this shit. <laughs> right. So I, until, until I met you and I'm not sure, um, like, I'm not sure how, how you necessarily broke those barriers in that, def- that defense, because I had a lot of them. And even though I had been in a prior relationship, a longer relationship, those never got broken down. Like, I, I still just always had those walls up. Uh, and I'm not sure how you did it, but somehow you were very good at uh, disarming me. And I don't know if it was just 
consistency or if you're like, all right, like I'll, I'll sit here and wait, like, well, but, but I'm not going, we're going to talk about this or I'm, I'm not sure. How did you do that? I mean, I don't think you intentionally. Well, I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember the moment. Um, I, I think it was, uh, it was exactly what you said. I mean, we talked about a lot on, on here about, listen, I, I, um, I was, uh, headlong into growing a business that looks like it does now with lots of pursuits. And also too, you know, I was, I was you know, well out of my marriage at that point, mm-hmm. but still very head down. I was also still very, uh, very cognizant of the girl's needs. I mean, and still even feeling some guilt. Mm-hmm. Like that was definitely a driver in there was feeling guilty about, the failure of their children's parents, I think is the way to say it, right? The, the marriage being one thing, but the failure of the, of my kids' parents, uh, which had a, which had a very, um, profound effect on them. So I was very aware of that and would make myself available 24 seven. Like I would, I would skip doing things just in case they needed me. And this was well, well into when know, they weren't going to need you when they weren't. Yeah, yeah. But I would, but I would still do that. So I think I, you know, I, it wasn't intentional or it wasn't, it was just, I was great with where I was. I had come to terms with what it might look like for a while because I was definitely aware that whatever the traditional dating thing looked like, that it wasn't going to work for me at all. It really wasn't, that it was just going to be frustrating other people and not being available physically and or mentally and prioritizing the girls and work one and one a and, and girls being one work being one a and going back and forth, you know, they were absolutely on the exact same level. And I think I had just committed myself to the idea that no one's breaking into that. Mm -hmm. And so therefore when we started, started dating, which was very easy, right? Everything about it was just so unintentional, Mm -hmm. right? We had lunch that lasted for seven and a half hours and it was so easy and so comfortable and natural that there was, there was it. And I just, I was like, huh, I didn't have to do anything but show up the way I always wanted to show up. And, and you liked it. Mm-hmm. And, and, but at the same time, there was never anything. If, if I had tried dating along the way quickly, it was into what are we doing next? What are we doing now? There was this, and I'm like, well, hang on a minute. I still have these two massive things called the Arnold girls and Arnold packaging yeah. and, and hold on a minute where it wasn't that way. You certainly had more than enough of your own interests where there was nothing about a relationship where I was playing chase, if you will, which I'm sure, you know, as, as attractive as you are in so many different ways, guys would feel the need to play chase and young Mick Arnold might've played chase too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I could have been right in there playing chase or, or, or doing that where, you know, older, more mature Mick Arnold was, Hey, look, I, I can only be me right now. And somehow that works, we'll see where it goes. But I, I definitely, you know, in my age, I'm like, <laughs> this, this, this tiger is not changing his stripes. I'm going to be this tiger until further notice with the ability to evolve and listen and want to get better, but pretty well evolved at this particular point. And you just happen to be aligned with it, which, which is why it works as well as it does. I think you totally hit the nail on the head. I, I, I think that's absolutely what it was, was you already had your own life, your own business, your daughters. So you were, you were, you were already so successful and independent in your own right that that was really attracted to me. There was nothing that felt like a, yeah, like that, that, that's what it was. That was, we, we were, you were just so independent in your own right and successful. And also too, you, you were, and still are, you know, ahead of me as far as career and the things you've achieved. And, and to me, that is, is like really motivational and inspirational, like not threatening where I think a lot of the other times, maybe I felt like I was pulling someone along or, or wanted, wanted more for them, wanted them to want more maybe. Um, yeah. So, uh, something that would look like a lack of ambition to you would be a hard, and not always would be hard and and not across the board. I I mean, actually I will say overall and didn't, I didn't date all that much. What I did, like most of the guys I dated are very successful and, and were, but you were on a whole different level where, and we've talked about never being jealous or just being like inspired and motivated. And also once we got, uh, once we started getting deeper into our relationship, you opening my eyes is like, well, have you thought about this? And it was just a much bigger vision. 
And then when you start, you're like, well, this is intriguing. I love the way he thinks and starting to get inside your head. It, it like so. So that's I, I think what kept me coming back is just uh, it, the, the also like that that piece of I was learning from you and motivated by you, which is huge in a relationship. Sure. As I've always said, sounds cliche, but if. The, it's so simple to initially evaluate if it's a good relationship. And all you have to ask yourself is when I'm with this person, am I a better human being? Right. Period. Sure. Like that. It, and, and if the answer is no, or I'm not sure, I, I would say it's not the right relationship. Right. Yeah. I, I don't think it's hard. Right. I mean, of course, relationships are hard, but that question is very indicative. Sure. And then, and I think it's important and vice versa. I was learning too. like, well, what could you be learning? The number of things that we talk about on this podcast, you know, our last one, we talked about males and females Mm -hmm. and the commentary was around how I show up with some more, we'll call them feminine, you know, feminine qualities, I think is how we summed up or, or framed that last episode. Um, Stereotypical. Stereotypical. But, but a lot of that, I learned, you know, I, that's what I was learning. Obviously we talk about the scrappy part and a smaller business and, 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 um, um, being resourceful Mm -hmm. and, and being very respectful of resources, which is also called scrappy, you know, where you're just not, you're not taking anything for granted and you are, you're watching pennies in spots. Mm -hmm. And, and I had learned, or I was watching real time going, Oh my goodness, you know, we're definitely taking some liberties. I learned some of that through some acquisitions of smaller businesses where I, where they were actually out scrapping us in spots, despite us having significant, significantly more size and resources, they were still beating us to the punch in any number spots. And I was watching you do that real time. And so the attraction for me was just as big, but just had a little different look to Mm -hmm. it for the things. And then throw in what I have learned in, in exactly what we talked about on our last podcast was being able to watch what I refer to as the plight of the female, if you will, right? Some of the comments, some of the comments we got coming out of the last episode were I could address were, so many oh, of I know, them I know which we, which we which we will you never will we I never mean, will I might just yeah. just for comedic relief <laughs> somebody's gonna catch on the wrong okay, day so and it's gonna be a I'm beauty I'm not gonna lie I slept four hours last night and for one hour I was thinking about what my answer would be to some of these comments <laughs> Thanks a lot, Tommy. <laughs> Tommy said, there were several. Tommy said, oh, hell, what do I do with this? The answer is nothing. There, there's Absolutely nothing. nothing. But, you know, I, I don't care if it's childish or not. Like, every human being, I'm going to get tons of comments and always do. Somehow I get none. <laughs> Come on, girl. I feel like there's some females out here that want to tell Mick he's a dum-dum. Yeah, no, no. God, please. please leave God, comments yes. on the YouTube channel Maybe that I'll, Mick is a dum-dum. It's like, well, the guy always calls himself a dum-dum. What am I supposed to do? Ch- chime in on that? That's the reason I call myself a dum-dum. See, but anyway, back but to where we're, we're going. We're but all wait, here. wait, wait. I just have to finish this <laughs> because I was, I, I was handed everything. I was born into the family business. I almost tanked the business. I don't have calluses on my hands. What else? Oh, I should go back to being fitness. um, You should go back to fitness. I should go back to fitness. I got the education and paid all the money for the education. Folks, my parents paid zero dollars for my education. (laughs) Zero. Um, But uh, can we go on? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I I just I can watch. I I just had to get it out. I had to be a child for one second here. Yeah. And you earned that. Uh, all I was saying was, is that, you know, I was, I was equally taking in and learning and evolving real time. And the, and the big thing that was missing in my life was exposure to females and then different types of females. I mean, you certainly are a, a very different female animal than, than anyone that I had ever experienced. And I spent a lot of the time sitting back, taking it in and saying, Oh, okay. Oh, this, this is very, what a great perch I have to watch all this go down and just absorbed it all real time and, and was able to contribute or communicate or, or make suggestions along the way. But by and large, I, you know, sit on the sidelines and, and cheer my ass off. Yeah. You, you've definitely made me a much better, better communicator. And it's because you've almost forced me to be like, definitely. So that is absolutely something I've learned from you. I would say as we've grown together, married or not married, just in our relationship, the one thing that continues the one thing among many that continues to spark our relationship is 
we we now we understand each other and as we've talked about you and i love to a degree controlled chaos we get a lot of uh, excitement adrenaline when we feel like we're pushing big boulders up a hill this is not for everyone i'm going to talk about us and then like you've got to identify what lights you up in your relationship for us we realize both of us like those big new ventures excited and it could be anything it could be um, investing in something new it could be starting a new business inside our businesses it could be freaking moving it, it could like, be a podcast it could be a podcast but it's like very big and somewhat disruptive things that are scary like you and I I, I mean like I even have that athletically. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to run a marathon. I don't want to run an ultra marathon. Yeah. Just, just those kind of. Do you want to tell the crowd that you were shedding tears as the at the as the Baltimore Marathon ran by and you weren't running oh with them? God. Literally shedding tears. I know. Okay, so I don't cry, but I was. That's true. You don't cry. I know. I don't cry, but I. I do all the crying. I'm not able to run right now. Um, I'll just leave it at that. So, as intensely as you want. Yeah, really. And so I, the Baltimore Marathon goes right past our house. So I went out. I really wanted to see the um, the elite runners. So I went out, and I just had this reaction where I just started crying. I know because it made me so happy for I them. Thought, I thought I was trying to remember we had a dog. And you took it out and someone ran it over. That's how, that's a look on your face when you came back. Like someone had taken all, it was raining, but someone had taken more than just your sunshine. No, I, I mean, so first of all, I was so happy. They were, they were only, I think they, they were a little bit half, more than halfway through. So those elite runners, they still had a lot to go, but I was just experiencing their joy. And for me, like <laughs> their joy. pushing you that, that look the, on their face that looked like joy. Well, I, pushing your joy. body like beyond any measure that you can ever think of is what I ultimately just want to want to do. So anyway, those emotions came through and, and I, all I could think of was like, this is what I need to do. Like I, I need to go after I'm released, released into the wild <laughs> and just like the right go run an ultra marathon as like just almost die doing it. Yeah. Great. That's awesome. Okay. I'll look forward to that. I think your point here though was. Well, my point here was, so sorry, back to it. So we, we identify like those, those types of adventures light us up. So what we've been able to do now is is lean in on that and you and I are I mean god just last night we were talking about doing things that we shouldn't be doing right now yeah and um but it lights us up with no governor with no No, governor no no one is governing any of the events no at least we know it though because early in our relationship we each thought the other one had some semblance of a brain and we're like well it must not be a bad idea if he's going for it and I'd be thinking the same thing oh it can't be that crazy if she's going for it meanwhile it was completely insane, and neither of us was watching the store at all. No, it still goes on. It, it does, but that I think that that really keeps our relationship really fun, and we're laughing about it because we are a bit. I see we're impulsive. We are, but we're also very strategic and calculated. And calculated. calculated. Sure, Sure. it would look wild as hell from the outside, but I mean, we like risk for sure, and anything. I mean, things can go wrong for sure with the way we do it, but. My point was together we've been able to go in on a lot of those ventures, whether it's, I mean, anything, and enjoy it together and get like real, uh, what's the word? Uh, just inspiration. Inspiration. Yep. Yeah, inspiration, excitement, fire. And I, I, it's going to be impossible to keep that up. So I don't want to say we're relying on that, but interjecting that and just I, I think the point is understanding what you and your significant other really enjoy doing together and what lights you up and then leaning into that collectively. Well, can you imagine though what we're talking about if you had one person, if you had one of us and somebody else that was opposed to that, how brutal it would be for the for both sides, right? Where one person is always, you know, looking for to reinvent, or even, I mean, I think you and I can even take it one step too far. Which one could call sabotage? Right? Yeah, we'll we'll, sab- we'll sabotage the calmness if it gets too calm. It's almost like something's wrong, and we've got to get back to the bedlam as quickly as possible. But boy, that's that's one where if you you know you missed on your your mate or your chosen mate, and those were the two diametrically opposed uh, 
qualities you had or characteristics, that would be that would be brutal. So that would drive each other nuts. I, I do obviously yin and yang works. It would never work for us. Well, we know it works. We hear people talk about it. Yeah. But that yin and yang, I don't I I, I don't think that could work long term. Yeah. I mean, it, it it would it would be hard. Sure. Um. Yeah, we're de- we're definitely the yang and yang and yin and yang. <laughs> Did you just say? We're a yang or yang or a yin and yang, whatever one you want to go. Yang. I don't know which one we are, but. But right? Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that one plus one equals 10 thing is, is really, really important here. But we would drive other, we would drive other types of people absolutely out of their, their tree. Yes. I, I mean. Well, you drive me out of my tree every once in a while and I drive you out of your tree. That happens. Yeah. I mean, it's always going to happen, but it, key, it, it pushes us to go you know, a little bit hard. I mean, the way we, we decided to move into the place we're in now, which we had no conversation about moving at all, was to see, we live in the city, so the garages are not big, was to see if my SUV fit in the garage. And the, the if it fit, we were going to put an offer on the house same day. Right. If it didn't, we weren't. That's right. And we did. That's right. And we live there now. Well, that was one of the weirdest days too, because, you know, normally... If I am suggesting something that's insane, you normally meet me there pretty quick. Now this day was was different. You know, we were we had this story about taxes in Baltimore and how they were absurd and and so I just I don't know. It was a Sunday. I think they're like taxes are absurd in Baltimore. Let's go buy a house in Baltimore. That well, makes a lot of sense. I was a little. I think you know it 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 changed my my perception of it a little bit. I I was off a little after doing the research, and I think it was one of those days where I don't remember. Well, it, well, we know because we came back from getting married exactly two years ago, promptly packed all of our shit and moved. So that was the other thing the we were next, doing. Right when we got and back. And then packed our businesses up. That's how our honeymoon went, people. <laughs> exactly. Ask me how my honeymoon was. <laughs> Your honeymoon was. We, we, if you remember initially, I had scheduled a factory acceptance test to go watch a machine run oh, in I Dallas. Know. We were going to fly the day after our wedding to, they can't hear me. I can clack on here all I want. We were going to hop on a plane, fly to Dallas to watch a, a robot run. And then come home. So our our uh, which is a beautiful honeymoon, a factory acceptance test for a piece of automation. Come on, come on. We'll make come, up for that. Come, honeymoon. On, come on, ladies. <laughs> tell, tell her how cool it is. Um, no, instead we flew home, packed all our shit, and moved. Yeah. So and then thirty days later, packed our businesses up and moved here. Yes, yes, indeed we did. So there's that impulse control issue that we talk about. Right. Now, um, what else would you say? If you could only pick one, let's say lesson, let's use the word lesson that you have learned or that you've changed, this might even be a better, that you've changed your mind on in the last two years of our marriage that have made you a better human. Boy, that's a good one. There's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, there's quite a few of them, uh, but it, but it'll always come back to the communication part. And, and not that I changed my mind on it, but that I absolutely doubled down on it. I'm not sure that I always felt like communication was worth it 100% of the time. There's definitely times in relationships, and I mean all of them, business, personal, social, whatever. There's definitely times where I was too lazy to continue to communicate or follow through or see the communication through. And that's something that's totally different. I will actually lean into it and lean into it and continue to lean into it until um, I'm convinced, not confident, I'm convinced it's where it should be. And there's things that I talk about, you know, when I'm talking to you or I talk to my team, directs, people I work with, two of the things that terrify me are um, made up stories and unspoken truths. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I'll, I'll bring that up, you know, when I watch my teammates have a breakthrough and 99.9% of the time, it's because they went into a room and sat down and had a meaningful conversation and they solved for all the shit that they had made up along the way. And each of them had all of these made up stories about what the other one was thinking or doing or feeling or experiencing. And they just 
just leaned deeper into, or finally even at times took the time to communicate and got on the other side of it because they blew up what I would call all of those made up stories. So the number one thing, and, and we'll continue to do this and invest in this. And I hope if you ask me two years from now on our fourth anniversary, when we're still doing this, and we'll be, let's see, two times 50 to a hundred will be 117, 20 episodes in something like that. Um, I, I, that will definitely be a component or I'll be talking about something that I learned that came from digging into or leaning into communication more than I had in the prior and how I'd continue to build on top of that in the two years since you asked me last. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's great. I mean, my mind hasn't changed on this, but as I said, the, the, I've just been, become a much better communicator and that has changed my life all around in every aspect personal, with my family, with work. Um, the other thing I will say, which I learned, what I never believed was possible was that relationships can be really easy. Everything you hear along the way, like since you're, since you're, I remember hearing this since I was a little kid and never from my parents, because I don't, I don't think it was necessarily hard for them either, but is that relationships are always going to be hard. You always have to work at them. And I I don't, and, and here's the thing. We probably would have never been in the relationship if we did have to work hard at it initially at least mm-hmm. because you didn't have the time, I didn't have the time, and quite frankly, we didn't have much of that interest because we weren't trying. Right. Like it wasn't, it was a business relationship, if anything, and that would have been okay because mm-hmm. that's what we went into it. Yeah. Um, so well, we'd, we'd, so we'd still be great friends rooting each other on. Absolutely. We'd still be, you know. Thinking hot, of it hot, now makes me want to like throw up or cry. I, I, I yeah, know, yeah, but, me too. Actually, I actually just got that same wave. I thought I might throw up or cry too. But yeah, we'd be high-fiving it out on LinkedIn from a distance or whatever. That would still be there. There'd still be that type of attraction. But um, that the attraction that ultimately flourished out of it was incredibly easy. Because you're right, there was limited bandwidth. And anything that would have felt hard or, or would have been just a little bit more... It, just it, a little hard. Well, it could have been the absolute... Anything could, at any moment, at least for me in that particular point of my life anything could have been the straw that broke the camel's back. And if it looked like that at all versus Arnold girls and Arnold packaging, I was running from it. There was no, right. not run, or, or not even running. Right. I was just ending all engagement as fast as humanly possible because there was no time for any straws to be broken at that particular point. Yeah. And I, I, when we met, I was just starting my business. So there was nothing that was going to get in the way with that. And that was all consuming. That's all I cared about. So there, I, I would not have let, anything even you know even potentially get in the way of it so my point was it was so easy and I never believed that it could be that easy when we moved in nothing changed like even when you're leaving, oh, it was easy. that was easier that was that easy. was the that was the exact uh, I mean that was the easier my god but you think you your privacy's gone I've never lived with somebody lately and it just nothing changed so uh, that would be the thing I've learned is don't believe when you hear that a relationship cannot be easy. In fact, I would even go as far to say it should be easy. Um, every relationship's different, but I have never felt a day like I've had to work. Right. At, it's it's just been what I want to do right. and yeah. what I'm going to do. Like That's it's never like I've had to intentionally, deliberately work right. hard at Stop this. Stop this, start that. It has that has that seesaw thing yeah. like we like to talk about where yeah. they're mutually exclusive. I mean, certainly <laughs> I, I think about like oh, what could I what could I do better as a wife or a partner. Like I, I always want to be thinking about how I can be better and do better, but it's never like, oh my God, I've got to, I've got to work it to make this thing right. Which would have, which would have a this or that feel right where you'd be choosing. Exactly. Instead of, instead of choosing at all. And I choose all. I choose all. Two years later. Two years later. Here we are. And uh, I think it's about time that we wrap this up and go have an anniversary dinner. Yes. And it's not a fact. You'll be happy to know while we have robots on the other side of that wall, it's not a factory acceptance test. Oh, lucky me. (laughs) Happy anniversary. I I got to deal with this one. Yes. Love you too. Happy anniversary. Best two years ever. 